My name is Andrew McGowan. I'm a musician and athlete who geeks out on fashion, art, and great food. I've spent time working with elite performers, repairing instruments for major symphony musicians, training for marathons, and designing wardrobes from everyone from freshman college students to big city lawyers. Trequartista is the Italian word for playmaker and is used to describe a particularly creative role on the soccer pitch, typically behind the central striker. And as the musical Trequartista, I aim to kickstart conversations about topics and areas that I think are underrated, underdiscussed, or particularly important to a sustainable high-octane life. This is the Musical Trek Artista, the podcast. Good morning, everyone. So, I don't know if it's morning where you are, but it's morning where I am when I'm recording this. It's a whopping 10.33 a.m., so I just wanted to wish you good morning, but if it's afternoon or evening, good afternoon or good evening. Uh, this is the first episode of the podcast. It's so exciting. Um, so, the, the whole goal of this originally was to do like an audio version of the blog because like who got the time to read things uh but i figured that we could easily contort this into like audio blog podcast hybrid which is kind of the idea so this is the musical trek artista the podcast uh i'm your host andrew mcgowan this is crazy for me to say because i've listened to like eight billion podcasts and now i have my own um, and we're going to start with uh, the blog post that came out yesterday. But really quick, I wanted to talk a little bit about what this whole podcast thing and the whole blog thing really is about. So one of the things that I found over the course of like a lot of my working career is that there's a lot of like tiny little details that like really make the difference between like putting together something that's fine and putting together something that's good. And there's really not a whole lot you have to do to like be consistently good at everything. And a lot of it is just detail awareness. And so there's a lot of things that I have spent a lot of time looking at the details for that I just want to share with everybody. And so a lot of that is like in the fashion and nutrition and fitness stuff, but there's a lot of thoughts I have about music also that I wanted to share with y'all. And eventually I'm hoping to get some guests on the podcast so we can listen to them talk about like some of the detailed stuff of their work, which would be really, really exciting. Uh, and so today I wanted to start on the blog post from yesterday, which would be, uh, which would have been my post on June 15th about non-negotiables. And so uh, uh, this isn't going to be just like a, an audiobook of the blog post because like how boring would that be? Uh, I want to I want to add some commentary to what I discussed in in the post. And so like um, when we talk about non-negotiables, I prefer to um, define them as like the thing that you wouldn't be willing to compromise on, but. And I know a lot of people are, the first thing they jump into is like, well, I don't want to compromise on my income and absolutely you shouldn't. But like the idea of your non-negotiables is like your non-negotiables are the life part of your work-life balance. And so like in, especially because today, like the work-life balance is so violated and so compromised for a lot of people. My point is you, we need to have more things we aren't willing to compromise in the life side of our work-life balance. And so I wanted to break that down a little bit. 
but before we can really go into that, I think it's really important for everybody to have an understanding of like a why. And there are a lot of people that talk about whys. Um, I encountered it first uh, through the Andrew Hitz podcast, um, the entrepreneurial musician where he, I don't remember which, um, person he had interviewed, but they were talking about like keeping your why at the center of everything you do. But, uh, my friend Jeremy Wilson talks about it a lot at the body, mind, spirit workshop and keeping it at the center of everything you do. And, um, Elizabeth Gilbert has talked about it uh, extensively in her book, Big Magic, which I completely recommend. It changed the way I thought about creating art. And so uh, this is going to be a loose overview of like a why, and then I'm going to break down mine so that we can get into this a little bit more. But so like your why is the reason you pursue your goals or your career or your craft or whatever. So like your why is better defined as like your purpose but like calling it a why is a more philosophical and like less weird way of defining it I think so uh Jeremy once said to me gray whys are personal but somewhat vague and provide a compass and so the idea is to like identify your purpose so that you can refocus your energy and time into reinforcing and developing your purpose and if you can be purposeful and then just like uh, stay disciplined about pursuing that purpose, then motivation isn't really something you need because it's something you have all the time. And that's one of the issues I see with a lot of people is like a lot of people say like, I'm going to do this when I'm motivated. Well, motivation is fleeting. Uh, just like inspiration. Inspiration is fleeting and that's why you have to chase it and try to like actively pursue it and cultivate it. And when it hits you, you need to like be immediate with it. And in a lot of ways, motivation is the same way. But disciplined purpose uh, allows you to be free from motivation because as long as you're spending time every day reinforcing your why, it's really easy to stay grounded and fulfilled in terms of the bigger picture and work through a lot of the things that can come up in this, uh, like the short term and the little picture, which I've had a lot of trouble with. It, not pursuing my why, like, really hampered the early portions of my career. Like when I was living out in D.C. restoring instruments, and even when I was living in Chicago restoring instruments. Even when I was younger and, like, designing wardrobes full-time. Like, it, it, because I wasn't pursuing enough of my why and I didn't have solid non-negotiables outside of my work life, it made following my why really, really difficult. And so ideally, we're going to develop the discipline to pursue our why every day. And so like for me, my why, which I've spent a lot of time like really ironing out and getting it to the point where I was happy with it and something I could pursue every day is to uh, my why is to facilitate the transition of beautiful art from the fabric of the universe into reality. And the beautiful thing about that for me is like that can take the form of all kinds of things. Do I consider the relationship with myself and my family beautiful art? A lot of times, yeah. A lot of my friends are musicians. And so like the idea that we can collaborate on work uh, is huge for me. And so cultivating relationships with musicians is pursuant to my why. Teaching my students is pursuant to my why. And so 
this is one of those things where like the fact that your why is vague is actually really really powerful because it's not limited just to the concerts that I curate or the ensembles that I play in or the music that I write I mean it can be the outfits that I wear that's one of the things I love so much about the like fashion blog I'm doing on Instagram and by association through my website it's like I I'm curating all of these outfits that, and, it, and it's beautiful to double dip that time. I'm allowing uh, a space for fashion education, which quite frankly, a lot of people really could use, but also like I can plan all these outfits uh, that I can wear in the future because uh, I, I like to look nice and dress vibrantly and colorfully and expressionistically, which can do all kinds of wild stuff. But all of that is pertaining to my why because it's all about how I define art and as long as I can define art really loosely and it's about facilitating it from the fabric of the universe into reality helping other people facilitate their performances or curate their performances or their art or purchasing art from other artists all of that is facilitating beautiful art from the fabric of the universe into reality and so it, it's that vagueness that allows for things to be flexible. And, and so our non-negotiables are the pieces of our life, uh, specifically our life part of our work-life balance that helps us pursue our why, or at least be relentless in the pursuit of our why. Tim Grover has an amazing book called Relentless uh, that I highly recommend. Uh, Tim Grover is the former personal trainer for Michael Jordan and uh, Kobe Bryant. And he's also worked with uh, LeBron and Dwayne Wade and all these amazing basketball players. And uh, it's, it's fascinating in that book, he talks about like there needing to be a separation so that you can uh, reach the darkness on the court or the darkness of whatever your craft or field is. And like in that darkness is when you're like in the zone and can do amazing things and all that kind of stuff. But really, I think what it boils down to is like, and you don't have to describe it in such like intense, like combative terms, but quite frankly, like there need to be things outside of work that like rejuvenate and invigorate and temper you in order to like actually allow you to work at your most efficient. And quite frankly, like work is the primary non-negotiable for a lot of folks. And so like when work is taking up the work part of your work-life balance and the life part of your work-life balance, like it's not really going to work. Uh, there's, and, and you see this a lot um, in the U.S. Like there's such a culture of overworking that like when people retire, they have no idea what to do because they, they've defined themselves by their job for so long. And so quite frankly, it's much better if we're thinking about ourselves as human beings because like if all you've done is work, ain't nobody want to hire you because you're a work robot. You're not a well-rounded, interesting person. And that's not saying that like you don't have the capacity to be, but like you have to develop that and you have to take time to develop that. And I find that the people that spend time developing that tend to succeed faster because they are able to be more efficient and uh, more involved, more conscientious and more present in their work part or their craft part or their art part or whatever the work part of your work-life balance is as opposed to the life part. And so thinking about what, what are those non-negotiables? And so for me, it's having that stuff that keeps my inner fire burning. And this comes apart in, in 
couple of ways. So in my portfolio career, I'm young enough where I'm still doing some part-time, like regular contract part-time work in addition to a lot of my consulting and my composition commissions and my lesson teaching. And last week, I uh, had been hired for a part-time job that I quit after six days because um, they violated the terms of our employment agreement. I was expected to work 45 hours a week, mostly with no breaks, and all this crazy stuff was going on. Uh, I, I received no training for the job, and all the, even though like I had worked for this company before and had left on really great terms the previous time. It, and so for me, it was non-negotiable to be going home every night feeling like I hadn't accomplished anything and being so drained that I wasn't able to like put a horn on my face and make great sounds. And it, it took so much out of me, like I couldn't even run in the morning. It was brutal. And so, I mean, it was eliminating my non-negotiables left and right. And so I, I walked. And that's something that our non-negotiables free us to be able to do. And so now I have no question about like, how healthy am I going to eat? Am I going to get eight hours sleep every night? Will I be able to spend time with my friends and my family? Can I stretch every morning? Can I watch some of the European championships that I've been looking forward to for three years. Uh, and in this season of my life, where developing my writing and my playing is so important to me, I wasn't able to do that. And that was really, really frustrating. I mean, in I normally practice and write for a total, like together, a total of about 20 hours a week, give or take a little bit. So like 16 to 20 hours a week um, cumulatively playing and writing time. And I found that that's a really great balance for me. Uh, last week I did six total of both. And it's like, you can't make improvements on that. There needs to be more time invested. And because I see the bulk of my future career being in the music field, I needed to cut some things out of my life in order to make sure that could happen. And in this case, my non-negotiables claimed that it was this part-time job that I was side hustling to earn some extra cash. Great. Well, I can find some more that will work around my schedule. Freaking everybody's hiring right now. And so making sure that those non-negotiables in place allow you to live that fulfilled, really sustainable life. And what's powerful about that is when you're so rejuvenated and so fulfilled in being able to live and express yourself and do what you do is a blessing, even if it's not perfect. Like, I, I, I won't be, I won't ever be the person to say like things should be perfect and if you do all of your non-negotiables, things will be perfect. But like you can, if you have a solid set of non-negotiables that you're not willing to compromise on that fill that life side of your work-life balance, everything that's difficult is gonna get a lot, lot easier. And I, I, that's one of the big issues with uh, modern American culture, especially right now, is like it's all work all the time. And one of the things I think young folks really get right is there's this idea of like, well, what's the point? Like I'm just supposed to like drink coffee, listen to podcasts and work until I die? That's stupid. Like I want to see the world and like live <laughs> and have some dynamic experiences and meet interesting people and try weird food. And 
That's why I think most folks could afford to think more about their non-negotiables because they allow you to decompress more adequately and feel more valued, feel purposeful and restored, which allows you in turn to pursue your work, your craft, your goals, your why relentlessly and show up every day to give 110%. And by setting those non-negotiables, I mean, I mean, another way of really of looking at this is like, learn how to set healthy boundaries. But that's like, has a whole other load of connotations to it. So I think meditating on some things you're not willing to negotiate on is a, a more wholesome way of approaching this. But when you can decide on those, that gives you a great deal of freedom. You can eliminate those parts of your life that compromise on your non-negotiables. And with all of that time, you can pursue and explore other things that complement your non-negotiables, like work that complements your non-negotiables, or like other hobbies and interests that complement your non-negotiables in order to recreate yourself in a way that is fulfilling and helps you explore and express the kind of human being you would like to be. One of those rhetorical questions that gets asked so much is, what would you sacrifice in order to succeed? And I think a more accurate way of asking that question would be, would you sacrifice your personal health and happiness to do well at work in the short term? Because that that's really what they're asking. It's like, would you sacrifice everything if you could, like, obviously it's going to take some time and effort, but would you sacrifice all of your personal health and happiness in order to like get better at work sooner? But that's kind of like a horrendous question because the only way that you can achieve your best, most efficient work consistently and sustainably is by having like a solidified work-life balance and having things that help you feel fulfilled outside of work. Because if you're only measuring your self-worth based on exclusively the what you make or like how well you perform at work or the art that you create or the music that you make or the um, athletic achievements that you have, if that's your line of work, like it gets codependent really fast, quite frankly, because it's so easy to get comparative to others rather than focus on like, what do I do well? What are the things that I could afford to improve on and do those things holistically? And so whether you have any non-negotiables set or not, uh, whether you have any like work-life balance boundaries set or not, one of the things I would ask you is like whether or not you accomplish everything you set your mind to, but especially if you do and you don't have a lot of non-negotiables set, imagine what you could accomplish and how much more efficiently you could work and how much better your work would be if you had those boundaries. I think you'd surprise everyone but I think you'd surprise yourself even more. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Musical Trick Artista, the podcast. You can find this online at mcgowanmusic.com or search Music McGowan on Instagram and Andrew McGowan on YouTube.